the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I don't know how many. I don't count them because they're just far too much fun. I'm Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to the President of the United States, host of America First every single day on the Salem Radio Network, and author of a book that sadly is getting more relevant every day. It is The War for America's Soul. And my co-host is a man who has some wonderful news, The Baron. Boris Epstein, welcome back to America First. What happened to you on Monday, my fellow host? It's been a great week. It's been a good week. Uh, I have been honored to announce that I formally joined the Trump campaign. I've been on the senior on the advisory board for the campaign, but joined in a formal position as strategic advisor for coalitions on the campaign, reaching out to as many constituent and constituency groups as possible, chipping in on the finance side, raising money for the campaign, and doing anything and everything I can to get Donald Trump reelected in November, which I'm confident will do. So uh, it is. Uh, uh, it is exciting to be formally fully back on the Trump campaign, and there's a lot to look forward to. Well, we are very excited. We couldn't be happier. But indeed, Ooh, where did that come from? Wonderful. I tip my hat. I tip my hat. Magic. It's the magic of podcasting and radio. Congratulations, my friend. Um, it sounds very fancy. What, what is a director of coalition relations? So I'm not the director. The, the director of coalitions is a, uh, a wonderful, huge Trump supporter, Hannah Castillo. I am the strategic advisor. Wow. That's even fancier. That's well, even fancier. So what, what, are, what are coalition relations? So, uh, co- so coalitions uh, are women for Trump. African Americans for Trump, Hispanic Americans for Trump, Jews for Trump, women for Trump, any group of, of voters, of constituents, potential voters, are a coalition. Fine, you know, the fundraising side, believe it or not, is a coalition. Republican Attorneys General is a coalition. So if any of these groups, associations, which, you know, which are vital to winning in November are a coalition, and it'll be my, it's my uh, undertaking and my focus to be in touch and, and directly re- represent the campaign and the president with them and with as many of them as possible. So that's what I'll be doing. So you're going to be a bit busy, Boris. It's going to be a busy time. I'm a, this Comrex <laughs> may have to travel with me on the road, my friend. If I have to, I may have to put it in my, uh, in my, in my carry-on. We'll, we'll have to surgically implant a Comrex to do these shows into yes. your brain so we are <laughs> exactly. always available 146 days wow are you ready for the challenge boris i am ready i am excited for it it makes me 
a bit nostalgic for 2016, you know, uh, and, and the summer of 2016 is when I really fully, you know, I became a surrogate for the Trump campaign in 2016 in May, uh, and then I became a senior advisor in late July, August, um, and, and I'm so excited to be doing my all, to be working for the president of the United States uh, on, on his campaign to get him reelected, uh, and I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity, honored by it. And yes, I'm I'm very uh, sort of set to hit the road, hit the ground running. I've already been on calls you know, nonstop ever since the announcement went public at around what, about four o'clock, four thirty on Monday. And the outreach back, the response has been wonderful from my friends at the campaign, of course, at the White House, and even some reporters. You know, some reporters, some names you know. You know, I'll, I'll you know it was all off the record, but some people you know uh, have reached out and, and and said really nice things. And I don't trust them, Boris. Don't oh, trust them. You're not gonna lull me, right? You're not gonna lull me into any sort of false calmness or, or false confidence but nevertheless you know i'll uh, i choose to be a positive person just like you do right so when somebody says something nice i'll take it maybe with a grain of salt but i'll still take it uh the big difference i mean this is the podcast titled battle for 1600 you said you were nostalgic for 2016 the biggest difference beyond the fact that your boss is in fact in the white house that's right not just a candidate. That's right. In 2016, the the left, the Democrats, the media, the quote unquote elite, Boris. Right. Um, they didn't take our old boss Donald Trump seriously. They, they thought it was a joke. They laughed at him. Let me ask you right now, before we get to the, the meat of today's show, it's going to be different this time because they're not taking anything for granted, are they, on the left? They're coming at us. They're coming at us hard. They're not taking anything for granted. They're using anything and everything. They're man- manipulating the polls against the president. You know, there are D plus 10 polls out there, meaning they oversample. For those of you, you know, Explain that. Explain what D plus 10 means. Right. So sort of jargon, right? But for those of you, you know, listening and, and watching, if you take a poll, right, usually the poll is of likely voters around the country. Yeah, it's supposed to reflect the, the, the population, correct? Or it's supposed to reflect the voting population. Right. What's, what's a poll, right? A poll is supposed to be a snapshot of what would happen if the election were held today. So a poll should evenly represent the voter turnout. And there was unbelievable voter turnout for the president in 2016. It lagged for Hillary Clinton because she didn't have enthusiasm behind her, just like Joe Biden doesn't. Uh, But a lot of the polls are still using the 2008 or 2012 voter turnout when there was a lot of excitement for Democrats, for Barack Obama. And they said, well, you know, we probably have the same turnout now. Well, no, in 2016 that didn't work, and now that doesn't work. So a D plus 10 polls, a D plus 10 poll means that the way the poll questions are asked is that there are 10% more Democrats participating than Republicans because they're expected that 10% more Democrats are going to be voting. Well, that didn't happen in 2016, and I'm looking at the enthusiasm numbers now between President Trump and sleepy, creepy Joe Biden, and that ain't happening now. So those polls are crooked. The Trump campaign just actually requested a formal apology from CNN for the latest crooked poll that they put out. We're going to mention CNN in a second. Carry on. Carry on. And so it's important for you folks looking at the polls to to look inside them a little bit and nobody's gonna a lot of you are not gonna read the the tabs and the numbers but just read the story and say okay what is 
the sampling of the poll. Is it even or is it a D, like I said, a Democrat plus 10? Also, careful with national polls, right? I mean, battle for 1600, so it's good for us to be talking about this. Remember, this the way America works is we have the Electoral College. So the national polls are an interesting snapshot, but they're not the determinative snapshot. Because if you are polling a lot in New York and California, well, guess what? Joe Biden's going to look great. But also, so this guess is, what? This, this it doesn't is, actually matter. So this is the thing that is perhaps the most invidious aspect of these polls. Nobody explains that point. I mean, national polling in a country that has the Electoral College is practically relevant, isn't it, Boris? It is practically relevant. It is practically relevant. It's, it's sort of like looking at a basketball game and, and worrying about how many total points are scored between the two teams versus worrying which team scored more points. Right. You know, you're looking at, okay, what's the total score and, 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 and what's the number, you know, how much, how high did it go? Well, no, what, not, what matters is who wins, right? And the way you win in America is the Electoral College. So the polls that matter, the polls I always look at are the battleground polls. Yes. And they come out a lot. Real Clear Politics has a, has a ticker that is continuously updated of battleground polls, which are the battle, battleground states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, Minnesota, the second district of Maine. Uh, Now, you know, you're looking at Nevada, New Mexico. Unfortunately, Arizona has gotten there a little bit. It's a purple state. The Democrats think they have a shot at Georgia. I don't think so. I also don't think they have a shot at Arizona. I think the president's going to win all these states like he did last time. But those are the key states to look at. Pennsylvania. If you have to look at three states. Always look at Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania. That's where you start. Yes. From there, you look at Michigan, you look at Wisconsin, you look at Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, North Carolina, Virginia, and, and so on and so forth. But I would start with those big three. The president carried almost all of the states I just named in 2016. He didn't carry Virginia or Colorado, but he did carry Wisconsin for the first time, I believe, since 1984 as a Republican. And he carried Michigan and Pennsylvania for the first time since 1988. We we have to discuss the events of the last seven days, but but since we're already on the topic of of the election in November, I, I know you can't always, uh, or it's it's rarely accurate to summarize any big issue in a univalent way. So you know, looking for one big explanation or, or factor, but if if we had to emphasize or we had to concentrate on what go, what is going to be the key the key factor in 146 days during the election. Is it going to be who mobilizes the most? Is it going to be the question of whether the Republicans and and Team Trump or the Democrats can mobilize enough of their voters? Or or are you more concerned, for example, um, of of voter fraud fraud and irregularities at the polling stations? What has you, what's your priority, Boris, in terms of how we're going to win in November? My priority is a concentration, and that's a big part of my new position, my new job, right, of, of making sure the American people know of everything that this president has done for them, right. from setting up the best economic cushion we could have had going, could have dreamt of going into the pandemic, going into the coronavirus, to fighting back China, pushing back both on allies and adversaries, the new NAFTA deal, from strengthening our national security, from what he's, the president has done for the state of Israel and the Jewish people in, in keeping the promise that so many presidents have made of moving the Israeli embassy, from cutting taxes, from deregulating, 
for everything this president has done to make this country amazing and to enable it to right now, as we sit here today, to have the stock market be effectively exactly where it was at the start of this year. It's incredible. It's incredible. And the NASDAQ, the tech side of the stock market, is higher. It's the highest it's ever been. So major stock indices, major stock index has already hit its record highs after going through the worst plague that we've had in at least 100 years. So think about that. So that's what we have to do. We have to make sure that the American people know that, realize that, are excited about that. And I do believe that they are. And again, if you look at the battleground states I just mentioned, think about how important these issues are. Bringing back American manufacturing for for the Midwest. In in Florida, cutting taxes. Pushing back on Cuba after Barack Obama pretty much invited the Cuban dictatorial communist regime back into the fold and got nothing in return for it. Well, President Trump has stood up to Cuba. President Trump has stood up to China. So you look all all over the country and the president has had successes to show while Joe, what's Joe Biden got? Over 40 years of being wrong, as, as Robert Gates, yeah, the, Obama's Secretary of Defense, said? We, we, we have to discuss this in terms of the riots. Um, yes, what, law what, and order. What, law and order, where the culpability lies. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But before we get serious, a, a little bit of fun. So your favorite quote-unquote journalist I know is Fredo Cuomo. And That's one of my favorite. Him and Stelty Stelter. Stelty! Stelty Tater. Tater Stelter, yeah. Um, <laughs> And we are still, there is this shamble, this shambolic disaster of the primary voting, the Democrat primary in Georgia. They still don't know what the results are. It's just a dumpster fire rolling downhill. And Fredo is annoyed and he's trying to find somebody to blame. And I just have to play you this audio. So, Shad, hit it. And here is the tragedy of the travesty that the president has created on this issue. We have real voter suppression concerns. One is playing out now. In 2018, 87,000 people were prevented from voting. A disproportionate number were people of color and young voters. I agree with you that you knew that you had anticipation of a huge turnout. You had to prepare for it. Doesn't seem you did. And it seems convenient that if you're going to be able to not handle the demand, it's nice that you do it in places that tend to vote Democrat. In those, in those counties where people vote to tend, tend to vote Democrats are run by Democrats, and they are the ones who set the elections boards. They are the ones who hire the staff. We have been saying for years there's problems in Fulton. Fulton County has paid hundreds of thousands of fines for violating election rules. They, it's repeatedly over and over again. But we have 159 counties. 150 of them had almost no problems whatsoever, and they all received the same level of training from the Secretary of State. We train the trainers. The counties are in charge of training the poll workers. So, Baron Boris, if there's voter suppression in Georgia in a Democrat primary, the voter suppression is being done by the Democrat officials. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the Democrat, you know, the, the genesis of modern voter fraud in America is ACORN. Yes. Right? Okay, for, okay, this is really interesting. For those who are maybe a bit younger who, or, or who weren't political addicts the way we were when that story broke, explain the, the significance of ACORN and, and this phrase of community organizer. Right. ACORN was Association of Community Organizations for Reform Now. And uh, in 2008, ACORN was proven 
to have been working to undermine the American electoral system to try to overwhelm it in places like Nevada to put to look at, to bus people from the from the state of Illinois to the state of Ohio to vote. It was a far left organization, but an organization that that was supported by some in the mainstream of the left. The left has continuously around the world and in America done all they could to not have real, true representative elections, but to try to gain power in other ways. And they're doing it now again. It's And, you know, if you look at Cuomo, I mean, he's an embarrassment. The guy can't even get out of his own way. He's naked in the back of his wife's yoga video, whatever they're doing over this there. This isn't a joke, guys. This is true. Fredo Cuomo prancing around naked in the background of his wife's yoga video it, it happened disgusting it happened. back to quarantine fredo please back to quarantine back into your basement please thank and you I, fredo and i'll tell you something even bigger and you <laughs> mentioned voter fraud we always have to worry about it. the president has spoken about it tweeted about it. the notion of a, of not having voter id the whole notion of not having voter id yeah. is just one big voter fraud <laughs> that's what it is why do you think democrats don't want voter id right because what's, what's the answer? because they're so respectful of minorities in America that they think if you're not white, you don't know how to get a driving license, Boris. Driving license or or, or just a personal identification. It's a, you know, you could you could get a library card, you could get a pass into a building, you could you can obviously, a utilities bill. You're, utility. you're not smart enough to get a utilities right. bill. It's racist to want to confirm that you're actually living in America. Racism. You know, it's disgusting. It's a joke. Uh, what the real reason is, is the left wants to push voter fraud. They want to have as many illegal immigrants voting as possible because who, who are they going to vote for, right? Uh, and that's their notion. Now, the issue is that what the Democrats and the left do not realize is that they're turning off so many voters. You look at even even the, look at the, some of the negative polls against the president. He's polling at over thirty percent with Hispanic Americans. Incredible. Why is that? Because Hispanic Americans are here illegally and they support the president. They support what he's doing. They support constitutionalist judges. They support his pro-life stance. They support his pushback against illegal immigration and for strengthening American borders. That's why. So it is vital for us as a country to not just have secure borders. But to have a secure electoral system. And for all the screaming and, you know, we like to say this phrase on the show, bitching and moaning from the left mm-hmm. and the media about the Russia hoax, about undermining our election system. Well, the Democrats have been trying to undermine it for years, and they continue to do so by being against voter ID. Because they important. need that to be able to win. That's the bottom line. We're talking to my co-host, Boris Epstein. Follow him on Twitter at Boris EP. Get his regular briefings at breakfastwithboris.com. He is now... Strategic consultant, is that right? No, uh, so I get a lot. You know, I've had a lot of titles. I always joke with my wife. You know, I, I Let's go get through it about right. five different business cards a year. A strategic advisor, advisor. for coalitions. Strategic advisor for coalitions at the Trump campaign. At the Trump campaign, does that mean you're still on the advisory board? I'm also on the advisory board. Well, how yes. many business cards is that? You know, I, I've, I've got a lot. I, I can fan myself. If I put them all out, I can fan <laughs> myself with my business cards. Yes, I'm still a member of the advisory board. I'm proud to do that. working with Mark Serrano, who does a great job organizing that for the Trump campaign. Great people on that board. We've got Lou Holtz, Tony Schaefer, Diamond Silk, really you know, strong people. Uh, and, uh, and it's always a pleasure to, uh, to talk to those folks. So, and he's, uh, oh, he's, he's also a regular guest on America yes, First America with First. me, Sebastian Gorka. You can follow me at Seb Gorka on Twitter. 
You can catch the show. You can see all of our segments at sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, on the Salem Radio Network, across the nation, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram TV. And don't forget my latest book, sadly more relevant than ever, The War for America's Soul. So let's let's get to the events that have transpired. Hey, before, before yes. we move on, I've got some. What do you, th- who do you do you think you're a co-host of this podcast, Boris? I do. I well, do. You are. Well, you yeah. are. So carry on. So listen, this is very important. And yes. It's, it's, it's vital stuff, vital stuff. I just got a text from uh, a constituent of ours, of your, uh, his, his name is Jeff Harbaugh. I don't know if you've know, heard of uh, him. Like hang that. on, let me think. Oh, that troublemaker. Yes, I know Mr. G. What's Mr. G talking about Mr. now? Mr. G just asked me whether the new busy schedule affects the lunch at the Palm for the team. <laughs> Good for Jeff. He remembered from last week. Your very okay. gracious offer to take the whole of the, the America team. First team and former members. Leroy. Leroy to a lovely. But uh, don't you have to be back in the swamp, Boris, to do that? I do, but here's my answer. Yes. By the end of the summer, we're doing that. Oh, my gosh. How long is that going to take? I say between all the travel and the swamp and the palm actually being open. Chad. I'm promising Chad. that you've got it. Do you trust this guy, Boris? First, it's going to be the end of the summer. Then it's going to be the end of the year. Then no, it's going to be like, no. oh, you know, oh no, Trump he, got elected. I'm so busy. I'm I got busy. all this stuff. I got another business card to write. All right. All right. All right. Well, once you guys stop hating, how about this? <laughs> I'll update it by the end of July, okay? All right. Good, good, good. We're not haters. We're not on the left. Right? We love well, this country. I don't know. I think, I, think, I think we're going to have to see Shad's voter registration. Ooh. <laughs> he went to Hillsdale. He will be a conservative till his last I breath. love it. I Am love I it. right, yes. Shad? 100%. All right. Good. Good man. Good. good man. All right. So we have the commitment, and we can't wait for our lobster thermidor and a little bit of... Uh, Filet mignon. Okay, let us continue. Yes. Let's get serious. Uh, in the last seven days since we spoke, um, I'm just going to totally break mood here. You know me. I, I'm an optimist. I, uh, I believe in, in the ethos. And you have to live it. It's not just switching something on. You have to believe. You have to live what Ronald Reagan told us, which for me is, is being the happy warrior. Um, last 48, 72 hours, I'm not feeling good. I I don't get down, um, but I get worried for our country. And with our perspective, with yours having um, managed to escape the former Soviet Union with your parents as a child, with my family background of, of my parents escaping a communist nation literally through the barbed wire, through the minefields. The last seven days feels different. Uh, Yes, we know the Democrat Party has become radical, has become America-hating. When when you see people like Rashida Tlaib, you see Ilhan Omar, you see avowed, they call themselves Democrat socialists or social Democrats like Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. When you see those as the face, the new face of the Democrat Party, when you see calls now to defund, to dismantle the police. You see cities being burnt. You see more than a dozen Americans murdered since George Floyd was tragically killed. How do you, let me just ask you that, the, the, the stupid journalist question. How are you feeling, Boris? 
to be honest with you, Sam. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been lying in bed at night and crying. I didn't ask you to impersonate Brian Stelter. Sorry, that was my best Stelter. Did my voice? Did my voice? No, it wasn't high enough. Okay. You, you didn't have that CNN court eunuch thing. You had, you had to go really high like this, like Brian. You have to like that. Yeah, well, good job. You said it. Thank you. you. Did it. Thank you. You said you didn't. I didn't. You sound like <laughs> actually, you know, Mark Dice does those funny videos. Uh-huh, where you, uh-huh. So this, you kind of, that was good, man. You sound kind of like you. it. <laughs> Hold on, just to cheer everybody up. Can you can you do, give us, uh, uh, Brian? Can you give us ten seconds on your views on President Trump, please? Boris is so mean. You're such a hater. Stop it! I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, okay, so that was good. Okay, now get to work, Boris. How right. do you feel? How do I feel? Oh, I feel good. I do. I feel optimistic really? for this country. I do, and I'll tell you why. The, the last seven days doesn't say doesn't mean something to you in terms of the, the left is out of control. Here, the left is out of control, but it's the far left and the fringe left. And I look at everything historically, right? And a lot of folks are now saying, well, if you compare this to the late '90s and the early 2000s, you know, look how much unrest there is. Sure, but if you compare the this to this the mid '60s to late '60s to the early '70s, you know, we, this is not much different, and in some ways, it's very similar. I think the country. I think the country goes through cycles. It's a pendulum, and I also think that when there's a long time of peace and prosperity, as we have had. Yes, we did have the Great Recession of, of the late 2000s. Thankfully, it came, and unfortunately, because of of, of thankful, you know, thankfully we've gotten out of it. But because of the Obama Biden team, it took so long. Okay, right. But nevertheless, the country has. Has has grown again, and especially in these last four, three plus years under President Trump. There's been such a strengthening of the country. Okay, so when that happens, you have people who start looking around, and yes, there are some serious issues. The George Floyd killing was absolutely terrible, no doubt about it. Full stop. Okay, but you also have groups like Antifa, groups like BLM, the 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 parts of it that are absolute extremist and are pushing for things like getting rid of the traditional. Uh, the traditional sense of family of a family nucleus, so you have you have these groups, and it's happened throughout American history that are here to destabilize, and it's co- it's often come from the left, and has also at times in history come from the right. I'm not Marco Rubio and and, and equivocating here, which is what he did, yes. and saying, oh, it's equal. It's not equal. Yes, there's I guess there's some far right groups that have gotten involved in these the recent looting, uh, you know, looting and rioting, but it seems to be like a you know it's the far left that's the one that's been overrunning police stations and and. City Hall and, and, and Seattle. Um, and, and so what I'm saying is this. Yes, this is a bad time. Yes, it's a problem. But the, the overwhelming majority of Americans, they do not support defunding the police. They are disgusted by the looting and the rioting. They want law and order. They want strength. And they are going to say it loud and clear at the ballot box. So all these lefties who are running around and they're they're trying to throw bricks and they're trying to set fire to beautiful churches like St. John's in Washington, D.C. And then all the disgusting people who murdered, murdered great Americans like former police captain David Dorn in St. Louis and Officer Underwood in California. Those people are pushing this country towards stability. And I'll tell you why. Why? Because... The country moves in spite of them. So even though they're doing all they can to actually, in their mind, change America for the worst, but it's the American people are responding and will continue to respond and say, that is not what we want. What we want is peace, prosperity, stability. 
And who represents that? Donald Trump. So that is why, even through these last two weeks, the difficult, difficult weeks, if you look at the way the media has responded, I mean, the Washington Post did a, did a deep dive on protesters who were throwing things at law enforcement being removed from an area in front of the White House. They did a deeper dive on that than any of the killing of, of innocent Americans like David Dorn. It was a step-by-step. We looked at all the, they said, we looked at all the video, and this is one of the most violent, they said, one of the violent moments captured on TV. 9-11 was captured on TV. Pearl Harbor was captured on TV. Right. Okay? So clearing out protesters, and they said protesters were shot at. Uh, Shot at with what? Well, rubber bullets. Yeah. Okay. Let's not, that is literally a lie. All right? Saying shot at implies shot at with live ammo, right. not shot at with rubber bullets, okay? So the media and the left are doing so much to try to fan the flames that they are, they are causing an opposite effect, which I think is going to drive this, this country toward better and better times. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I do, and I, I like that, that you, you put that positive uh, objective or, or end state. But, but for me... And we discussed this with my team. We had a great discussion, a, a pre-show a, a meeting with, with the guys here. And my question was this, Boris. What's going to happen between today and we just saw the funeral of George Floyd yesterday? <clears throat> What's going to happen between George Floyd's funeral and the point at which what you says happens, where Americans vote with their feet or vote in the ballot boxes and express their desire for this to end and for stability to to come back. Um, How many more people are going to have to die at the hands of the rioters? More than 15 people killed. Uh, Does that not leave you with concern about how the left's hatred, and it is hatred from Howard Zinn's a People's History of America textbook to Saul Alinsky to the the squad um, to to you know Nancy with her cultural appropriation of the Kente oh. cloth. I can't remember Boris when when did Nancy when did Chuck kneel down for police officers killed for for veterans killed when did they kneel down for what is it the twenty two veterans who c- commit suicide every day in America. I, I don't recall that, or, or for the two NYPD cops who were assassinated in their vehicle. I, I remember that ever happening. So for me, the question is, what's it going to take? Are you not concerned uh, with with what occurs between the funeral and the place at which people say enough is enough? Because what, you know the LA riots. Oh my gosh, we, we have far exceeded in terms of damage to America what occurred in the disastrous L.A. riots of, of the early 90s. Right. These, this is on the level of the 68 riots, which were around the country, in Minneapolis, actually, yeah. as well, Newark, Baltimore. Uh, and, and they really caused those. Of course, Chicago is the, one of the main points. Uh, and they caused the really downfall of, of a lot of America's inner cities. So I am, you know, as far as the funeral goes, you know, God rest George Floyd's soul. soul it was terrible how he died, full stop. Okay, people want to grieve. That's their right. People want to protest peacefully. That's their right. People want to loot and riot. Peacefully, peacefully. If right. they want to, right? If they want to, 
People want to loot and riot? Mm, not the right. No. Not the right. They want to they want to kill Americans and, and use uh, the the protest as an excuse to loot, to steal, and to murder great American heroes like David Dorn in St. Louis. That's not the right. So, again, what I'm thinking about it is this: is I'm of course concerned day to day, but I also know that that President Trump by using the National Guard, by saying that if he needs to, he will use the military, has done everything he can to calm these streets, to calm America's streets. And guess what? After everybody in America hyperventilated and went totally nuts when he said, I'm the law and order president and I'll use the military if I have to, and, and, and urge the use of the National Guard. And after that same day when he went to St. John's, the protesters were pushed back. Guess what? What, what sort of started happening? What? The, the violent looting and rioting, the violent protests started dying down. Yeah. That's just the nature of it. You use, guess what? If, if, if a mob is coming at you and you do nothing, they're going to keep coming. Yeah. That, because this mob really started because the weakling, pathetic mayor, Jacob Fry of Minneapolis, stood down the police and didn't let them push back. That's what happened. That's what happened. So this is really, really crucial, this last point, and I'm going to focus on, on this on, on the show today on America First. There is one big lesson. So, well, first things first, the, the, the issue of, of, of the protests. America is not a racist country. It is not. It has racists in it like every country. But if you want to see racism, go to France. Be a person of North African extraction with a North African name and try and apply for a job in Marseille or in Paris and then talk to me about racism. Be um, somebody with a Jewish name trying to get a job in the British Labour Party, a party that has been investigated at the national level for the last three years because of true systemic institutionalized anti-Semitism as one of the main parties, historic parties in, in the UK. In America, we don't have that. There's nothing institutionalized. And let's be clear here. The statistics are out there. In the last year, nine males, nine black men were shot and killed who were unarmed by American police right. in, a, in a population, Boris, of 330 million. Nine! Nine! That's not systemic racism, right. but that doesn't mean that Officer Chauvin isn't a racist or didn't kill on purpose George Floyd and shouldn't pay the full penalty. Of course he should, but he needs to be judged by jury of his peers, and the system has to do what it is meant to do. But nobody, but have you heard what? I haven't heard one voice on, quote, our side on the right, amongst conservatives who said, oh, oh, what Officer Chauvin did was okay, or that kneeling on somebody's neck for nine minutes when they're handcuffed is absolutely copacetic. Nobody has said that. Nobody said that. And disgusting leftists, disgusting operatives like Rick Wilson, who pretends to be a former conservative, went out, oh, yeah, now you're going to have conservatives. No, Officer Chauvin absolutely deserves to be in jail, he deserves that to have been charged, and he deserves everything that's coming to him. Again, I've said this several times, full stop. That's yeah. it. So, okay? But to go around so, and to say, oh, the America is racist. We need to redo America. We need to redo. But, you know, but, 
pull gone with the wind. That is nuts. Right. So this is this is the point I was trying to get at, and and this is what I'm going to focus on the show today. What we're seeing now is a level of not just scapegoating, but a level of coercion we haven't seen before. We've seen you know stupid things. You know, Starbucks will have. You know, close down its stores for four days and do that sensitivity training. You remember that? That was you know maybe right, a year right, ago. Right, yeah. um, but now, when you switch on Call of Duty to to play a game, and a, a message comes up, some kind of virtue signaling Black Lives Matter message from the makers, Activision, of a computer game. When when you know the the, the pizza store. Here, where our studio is, has a big sign in the window. Black Lives Matter, George Floyd. You know what the trouble with putting that sign up in a pizza restaurant, okay? Is Boris, do you think they'll ever be able to take it down? What happens if the store owner says, okay, it's been a week now. Oh, it's been two weeks. Right. What what happens if they want to take the sign down? What's the first thing somebody's going to say on social media when they racist? Racist! You don't care. You're a white supremacist. So there's there's a level of dysfunction that I I think, and you can correct me because you always bring that great historic perspective to to the battle for sixteen hundred. I see a level of dysfunction that's arriving at a critical mass that we haven't seen before. I think, I continue to think, that it's going that it's going to come, and it's going to go. Now, some of it is going to remain. I mean, the country we've talked about is sort of had been on a leftward march, and the and President Trump s- stopped it. But I think some of the craziness is 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 going to get slowly, slowly let out of the bloodstream. Because as you said, right, if people all of a sudden they take the sides down, all that there's going to be a movement against them. But in the end. I do believe that the majority of Americans are sane. I really honestly do, right? No, I, no, I and, agree. I and agree. I think that's going to win out okay. long term. I really, again, long term. Um, and if you look at what's happening, I mean, the left is eating itself. Look at the New York Times. They request Senator Cotton to write an op-ed. He writes a totally fine, logical op-ed saying yes. last, last, last use. Worst case scenario, the military can be used. Then the other New York Times, the woke writers, they go nuts. They force out the head of the, of the opinion section, the editorial section. And now what? And now what? And now they have. Yes. Uh, you know, this is after they were published. They published op-ed saying that that um, uh, I believe, uh, you know, so, which crime was it? I think it was having sex with underage children. Right. Yeah. That it's a misdemeanor, but not a felony. Right. Incredible. That, that, that op-ed was okay. The Charles Blow did an op-ed. No, no, but, but hang on, hang on. Three years, not of op-eds, three years of the garbage Russia hoax. Right. Oh, that's fine. Right. Saying that the president of the United States is somehow a, an agent for the Russian Federation. Oh, that's fine. That won't get anybody, not one person fired. But when a senator who's a combat veteran says, we need to stop the looting and the violence on the streets of America... That that's a problem for the New York Times, right? That's that that issue. That is what happens when you take a bunch of woke kids, right? Woke, yeah, say, say, yeah woke kids with sarcasm. Yeah. Woke no, kids, seriously. They graduate from college. They all think they're woke. Their wokeness drives them. They go to work, and guess what? Boom! Yeah, they take over the workplace, and now the New York Times, whatever shred of credibility they had, is absolutely gone. 
absolutely gone. You know, it's and, and and there's and there's no getting it back. But to my point, guess who that's good for? Yeah. Well, let's let let me end on this this question. Uh, and uh, what, how long? We, what already? Forty minutes, dude. No way. Yeah. Five come minutes. On. I know it feels like five, oh, but it's forty. So great. let's let's squeeze in one more question. One hundred and forty-six days to go until the election. Right. Are you feeling any shift? Because of the events of the last 16 days, what, what is the issue going to be when those Americans across the country of all skin color, because they're all Americans, go into that voting booth, pull that curtain, get that piece of paper out? Is it going to be the economy again? Incre- two and a half million jobs created. Yeah. Stunning. Is Stunning. it going to be the economy? Is it, is it going to be, okay, Sleepy Creepy Joe versus the president in terms of who's going to keep the economy growing? Or is it going to be law and order because of the recent events? Or is it going to be a combination of that and something else? It's going to be a combination. You listed the key things. You listed the key things. You just think about it. What does it take for an America to feel good about themselves and their country, right? Yeah. It's physical safety and security, law and order. It's economic safety and security, both for them and their families. Right. Both physical and economic safety and security for them and their family. It's having a stewardship of the country that is sane <laughs> yes. and not feeble. Yes. So you combine those things. So what do you have? You've got the law and order president who was able to bring the, the violent looting and rioting to an end. You can scream, one can scream, the media can scream all they want. Oh, no, they had National Guard. Oh, no, they had a little bit of pepper spray. But guess what? This president is the one that stopped American cities from burning, which is what they were doing under Democratic leadership like Jacob Fry, Minneapolis, and the idiot Bill de Blasio in New York. Okay? One. On the economics, 2.5 million new jobs in May after the economic prognosticators we're saying the experts, so-called experts, we're saying we're going to lose 7.5. Yes, that is a that is a delta. <laughs> <laughs> that is a delta of of what a thousand percent? Is mm-hmm. that somewhere there? Well, it's a, a delta of 11 million jobs. Right. It's just it's nuts. Yeah, this president, and again, look at the stock market where it is. And, you know, the, the Fed actually, even while I just got an alert, even while I've been talking, the Federal Reserve said they're going to keep rates low. They're going to continue supporting the economy, which is all very good. And the president, by the way, has been very directly to what he wants the Fed to do and has gotten the Federal Reserve to do what he wants because he's able to lead and not lead from behind. So you've got physical security and peace and prosperity for your family. You've got economic security and peace and prosperity for your family. And then in terms of stewardship, I mean, compare the two. You've got Joe, you ain't black Biden. Yes. Joe Biden who says he's going to defeat Joe Biden. Joe Biden that doesn't know what day he's in. Joe Biden doesn't know what city, state he's in. Joe Biden that doesn't know he's running for president, thinks he's running for Senate. Senate. Joe Biden who doesn't know how to use a flip phone versus Donald Trump who's gotten this country to the heights it's never seen has absolutely led it through some of the worst times it has ever had in terms of the coronavirus pandemic and is now leading our country out of it and has brought the economy back. So to me, the contrast couldn't be more clear. The contrast couldn't be more clear. And that is what gives me confidence in terms of November. And I really honestly think that if you go around the country and you talk to not even our base. Our base is there for us. They are thankful to President Trump because it's been promises made, promises kept. Yes. Economy, judges, national security, uh, the secured borders. Okay, But if you look, talk to the independents 
and you say, okay, if you have, if you needed to make a choice between who, who you would have talk to you for 15 minutes about the direction of the country, is it Donald Trump or Joe Biden? The, today's Joe Biden? What are they gonna say? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it, and I think it's a beautiful word. You used it twice. The question is stewardship. Correct. Who do you trust to be the best steward of the greatest nation on God's earth? That's why he's the Baron. That's why he's my co-host, The Battle for 1600. I haven't even said it this time. If you like it, we get messages. You guys love the banter. It's a little bit different, a little bit more salty and spicy than the, the radio show. Spread the news, and most important of all, tell other people, but write us a little review. Wherever you get your podcast, if you get it from the iTunes app, if you watch us on Saturdays when we post this on YouTube, give us a little review. Give us a thumbs up, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube as well, and you won't miss a thing. Hit the little notifications bell for America First Hit the little uh, bell twice, and every segment, all of Boris's interviews, all of my monologues, our guests will be available to you for free. Follow Boris at Boris EP. He is the new, let me think if I can get it right, strategic advisor for coalition relations of the Trump 2020 campaign. Did I get it yes. right? Hey! Yes. Hey! Once in a year and a half, not too bad. Uh, and also listen to him uh, on our show, America First. Every day we broadcast 3 to 6. You can follow us at sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. And Boris, back in studio soon, right? Soon. I'm hoping next week. I honestly, truly am. Okay. I've got some meetings I'm working on. And my friend, thank you so much for doing this with me. It's, been, it's our 19th episode. 19! 19th episode. I am so excited for it. And, you know, the day after Election Day, November 4th, is a Wednesday. And you know what I really can't wait for, my man? <laughs> I cannot wait for that Wednesday. It better be the right result. Do your, do your homework, okay? I'm, I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to do my at work. I'm going to do everything I can. And so thank you. Thanks to Dr. G, Eric, Shad, and the whole team. And then most of all, thank you to our listeners and the viewers yes. and those who are giving us so much support, so much love, so much feedback. And I wish all of you health and safety. Enjoy the summer. America is reopening. We are reawakening. We are revitalizing and we are restoring the greatness in america and that's why donald trump is going to win re-election on november 3rd he just looked after all of our coalition relations nicely <laughs> just done. like that that has been the battle for 1600 episode 19 i'm sebastian gorka and you've been listening to boris epstein god bless